I'll go start the coffee. I'll be down in a minute. Scooby dooby dooby doo wop. Pastor and Laura wake up. Good morning. Good morning. We are reading Luke chapter 12. Mm-hmm. Why did you do that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. It's very early. All right. Luke chapter 12. Meanwhile, when a crowd of many thousands had gathered so that they were trampling on one another, Jesus began to speak first to his disciples, saying, Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. There's nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight, and what you have whispered in the ear of the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs. Mm. Okay, so wait. He's saying don't watch out for the Pharisees. They're going to like be watching us closely, right? Well, I always took this to mean uh, Jesus letting his disciples know that the private conversations that they have said mm-hmm. are going to be proclaimed everywhere. Like, we'll be, I mean, he said this to his disciples, not like to a big crowd, and now we're reading sc- it. Yeah, you're part of, like, you're, under, you're in the public eye. Mm-hmm. But I just... Like when we just read it now, I read it as the Pharisees who are hypocrites, they're going to be exposed. Mm-hmm. That's I that's what the note says here on verse two. But yeah, it's weird that he's saying it to the Well, I mean it's it's an encouragement for the disciples. Yeah. And then it's a condemnation for the Pharisees. Okay. I think. I mean Oh, it makes sense both ways. It's just hard to hard for me to understand in the morning. <laughs> okay, uh, verse four. I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body after that, and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after the killing of the body, has power to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not be, or don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. I tell you, whoever acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man will also acknowledge him before the angels of God. But he who disowns me before men will be disowned before the angels of God. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but anyone who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. When you are are brought before synagogues, rulers, and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. So he's kind of warning them about the future, right? That they'll be... Yeah, it's a definite warning. <laughs> killed, or people try to kill them, yeah. and they'll be before trial. But he's like, don't worry about the people who are getting killed. 
just your body, but just be afraid of God. God's the one you should fear. Well, this is last night when you were talking to me about that book mm-hmm. that people don't think of God much. Yeah. You know, this is kind of the same thing that it's a lot easier to think of the um, social persecution mm-hmm. or the social consequences that we will have for speaking up for God rather than thinking of the, you know, eternal consequences of uh, disowning God on, for short-term relationships. Yeah. Right. It's bringing it back into focus, which I think is a good reminder for for them, but also for us. You know, it's easy to, you know, not stand up for your beliefs. Mm-hmm. And just go with the flow because it's easier to fit in in society. But we should be, yeah, concerned about disowning God and yeah, and I think I, as a pastor, I shouldn't be this way, but sometimes I have, um, I guess, reservations, or I see a lot of people that have issues thinking of God as someone that they should fear. Hmm. You know, where it's not that I'm afraid that God is going to, you know, change his mind about me or break his promises or anything. But he is an ultimate power who demands perfection from me and promises eternal damnation to anyone who rejects him. Yeah. And I think that's important, you know, like a child fearing the consequences of his parents. It's important to have a healthy... You know, we, I know I was taught respect a lot, you know, but I think it is, yeah, just there's a fear there that's um, understood in the correct way Mm -hmm. of the greatness of his power and the high standards he has. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, this section is called Warnings and Encouragements. So, sounds like... At first read, I was hearing a lot of warning, but at the same time, it is encouraging. There's the parts about you're worth more than sparrows. God knows every hair on your head. And even the last section about when you're brought before the rulers, don't worry about what you're going to say. God will will give you the words to say. That's encouraging. So, mm-hmm. so good. Good reminders any day. Okay, going on, next section, the parable of the rich fool. Verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed you, or who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. 
Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God. Anything you want to say on that section? Uh, yeah, I mean, at the risk of sermonizing an accident, I think it's, there's just a lesson of, it's not that wealth is the problem. It's viewing the gifts that God has given you as something solely meant to benefit yourself rather Mm -hmm. than a, a resource that God has given you to serve him and serve others around you. And that's the real sin of this man. That, oh, I can store all this up so I don't have to help anyone else. I can just enjoy my life any way I want. Yeah. Be on guard against greed. Because you can be well-to-do, but use your money to support God and His work and help others in charity and stuff like that. But if you're just gathering riches for yourself, then you're missing the point. You know, you're not you're not using your all that you have to praise God. Um, yeah, I like that. Was it 14? Or where is it? A man is not his possessions? Or was that in the previous section? No, 15. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and that's something like, um, you know, you could... <laughs> When you think, like, why am I here? Why do I get up every day? I, you know, I work all day and I don't have time to enjoy. Blah, blah, blah. And why am I working to have more money? And why do I have money? What am I supposed to be doing with it? You know, and that's all. Like, I don't know, sometimes people feel like they're part of, like, the rat race where you just working to live and stay alive and what are we really doing here just suffering through another day of work to get to the weekend and you know that's kind of a Mm -hmm. cycle you hear a lot especially you know with you know certain groups of people and you know if you're having trouble making ends meet it's just wanting more money oh I'll be more comfortable and uh there's, you know, nothing wrong with wanting to make ends meet. But once you get to a certain point, continuing with a, like, a life that's obsessed with money, why, you know, what do you want the money for? Like, to make your life easier so that you have stuff? Or, you know, freeing up your time so you have more time to serve God? It's just a lot. I mean, there's a lot of things to think about. Yeah, and the Greek does not have the word consist of. It. I mean, it's the word is there. 
Well, it's just, you know, a man's life is not these things. Sure. And that's important to remember. Like, you are you without the things that you have. Right. Even if you lost everything, you're still you. You still have God. Well, right. But, you know, we define ourselves so often by career and possessions. Mm-hmm. Rather than just our works, you know, the... Yeah. So, anyway. That's maybe going to lead into the next section. Do not worry. All right. Mm-hmm. What? Why'd you say well? It's almost like God had a plan when putting this together. Mm-hmm. You don't appreciate my sarcasm early in the morning, huh? I don't. <laughs> okay. Whenever someone says, don't worry, I just I get the Bob Marley song. Don't mm. worry about a thing. Mm-hmm. But this is, do not worry. So that kind of well, ruins the cadence of the song. Maybe he, you know, he talks about three little birds being outside his window. Uh-huh. Not the five or two. Sure. Okay. Chapter 12, verse 22. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you, your body or what you will wear. Life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable... You are the birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the lilies grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, is thrown to the fire... How much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it, for the pagan world runs after such things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted where no thief comes near, no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I had a thought on this, and then I lost it. Hmm. Oh, yeah, wait. The verse... 25. Mm-hmm. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? I just think that's... I don't know why I really like that passage. Just reminds me of something that someone said once to me. That worrying is like a rocking chair. Gives you something to do, but it doesn't, you don't really like go anywhere. Just wastes time. Mm hmm. So you're actually losing an hour from your life by worrying. Because you're not doing anything else, wasting time. 
doing something that's non-productive. Yeah, I think the rocking chair is a great analogy because if you tell someone don't worry, then when they worry, they can be worried about worrying. It's a cycle. Yeah, you just get kind of trapped in it. And mm-hmm. But this section, you know, it's all the different things that we do worry about of, you know, presenting ourselves in a certain way or... You know, when it talks about food, kind of the indulgences that we have or living our life, you know, and not having to face death, you know, all these huge things that are there. Yeah. Also, I always forget he talks about crows here and not sparrows. Yeah, ravens. We talked about sparrows briefly in the last section. Yeah. Yeah, and um, you know, I think there's that line though, at least in my mind that I always jump to, where it's like, "Don't worry about what you're gonna eat. God just provides food to the ravens." So does that mean like that we shouldn't, you know, focus on getting to work on time and? you know, getting that next promotion and, you know, doing better with our lives? Should we just sit around and wait for God to provide us food? But that's not what this section's saying. Obviously, we still need to care about our time management, uh, doing well at work, using our gifts and abilities to the best of our you know, what we've been given. But we're not supposed to worry about them. Yeah, the the word in Greek, it's not concern. There's a different words for concern, but it's being unduly concerned. So I know that mm-hmm. almost is like a cop-out in the English language, but it's... Yeah, we're, of course we should be concerned about, you know, relationships that we have right, like or our we, professional life. If our kids, like, don't have the right size clothes, they're growing and they need to get some new clothes. Mm-hmm. And you say, oh, we really need to go to the store and, you know, purchase some new shoes or whatever, new jacket. It's not wrong to think those things. No. Because those are... Those are your responsibilities that God has given to you. Yeah, to take care of yourself and your family. Mm Mm-hmm. But if you maybe, like, already have the things you need, and then... So maybe this is, like, needs versus wants. You know, like, you have the things you need, and then you're like, oh... I wish I had that jacket, or I wish I had those shoes. I need mm-hmm. to have another pair of this, you know? So, well, maybe, yeah, it's needs versus wants. I think there are times that we, we think about what we need. It's, it's obvious what we need, mm-hmm. and we know God will help us, but... Um, at least I have from time to time gotten kind of trapped in a 
cycle of I need to do this I need to do this I need to do this I shouldn't have done that and talking about cycles where you just get yeah you just get trapped into inaction Mm -hmm. because you're just yeah constantly contemplating your failures or the possibility of failures in different ways Hmm. rather than using your gifts honing your skills trusting god and working as hard as you can so well i'm just looking at the time here i'm thinking maybe we should save these next three sections tomorrow watchfulness peace and interpreting the times okay fine by me it's a little we're a little under time today but yeah if we if we had a lot of big thoughts already today so Yeah, I'm not worried about it. Sometimes, <laughs> good, <laughs> good, Nessa. But I was saying this yesterday. Sometimes, if you have a couple of good thoughts, it's good to like ruminate uh-huh. on that, so that you can really comprehend it fully. If you push too fast through things, then you, you know, forget some of the good points that you made earlier, or that I should say that God made earlier. And um, have too many things, too many takeaways. Having one or two is good to focus on. Yeah, these are the the meditation that God wants us to have. That's why we do this every morning. All right, well, we'll read the rest of chapter 12 next time. Yep, have a good day. Scooby-dooby-dooby-doo-wop. Pastor and Laura